Hey, I'm Derek. And I'm Noah. You're listening to A Bite Of. Where we take our current favorite pop culture obsession and enjoy it one nibble at a time. Ooh, yeah. Today's nibble, the second nibble of the second season of Loki. How about that? Mm-hmm. Episode two, Breaking Bad. Brad. Oh, they gotcha. <laughs> they gotcha. <laughs> Let me tell you something about this episode real quick. Oh, okay. Real quick. Tomfoolery. Mm. Goodness. Mm-hmm. That title, they're taking, they're taking camp, they're running with it. This is what Secret Invasion wanted to be. This buddy cop oh. spy time goodness. Mm-hmm. So what Secret Invasion wanted to be. <laughs> they didn't get there. Derek is coming out the gates hot. <laughs> hot, hot. We've also spent two straight days at New York Comic Con. So mm-hmm. your boy's a little loopy. Yeah, we um, did Comic Con today. And we're here talking to you guys because Loki came out and, you know. Let me tell you about yesterday. Yesterday, we went to Mm Comic-Con all day. Then we came home. We watched two hours of Fall of the House of Usher. I was going to say Breaking Bad. (laughs) (laughs) And then an hour of Loki. It was wild. It was just a wild day full of pop culture fantasticness. (laughs) We were surrounded by it. Then we came home and did more of it. You know, you just, it just gets you, it gets you, you you going. You can't. That's kind of our, kind of our thing. So before we get into everything, we are on a mission to reach 200 reviews so if you're on an app that provides reviews scroll down do those stars leave a little review or not but throw some stars at us we love it let's get 200 yeah let's do it yeah yeah also patreon members get 10 percent off of merch and if you're um we're both advertising new merch items we got creepy kid og og creepy kid stuff from way way back then so uh you get 10 percent off of that and I'm also wearing this glorious crew neck sweatshirt with an embroidered Abide of logo on it. And baby, it's the new logo. <laughs> baby. Hey, baby. Check Ooh, out this new no. logo. <laughs> Zoom in on, on this. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Set the stage. We need to know what happened last time before we dive into this time. Okay, so let's take a look back at Loki Season 2, Episode 1, Ouroboros. Picking up immediately where season one left off, Loki has time slipped into a past version of the TVA where Mobius hasn't a clue who he is and he who remains is plastered all over the walls. He keeps slippity sliding and heads to (laughs) Time Variance Authority genius Ouroboros, aka Obi, for help. By the skin of their teeth, they solve Loki's problem but now have to stop Docs from her Sylvie slaying mission. Speaking of, Sylvie shows up on a branch timeline and finds herself singing, ba-da-ba-ba-ba, I'm loving it. Oh, a very uh, succinct recap. I was, when I was writing this, I was like getting in the weeds. I'm like, and then Casey comes and then the thing falls. And then there's, I was like, just calm down. Yeah, we'll we'll probably talk about it. Just chill out. So, spoiler alert. If you don't want to be spoiled for episode two of season two, you know, stop listening and then come back. We don't want you to uh, get pruned from the timeline by us spoiling things. So So let us officially take a bite of Loki season two, episode two, Breaking Brad. Breaking Brad. It almost sounds wrong. It Well, it is. (laughs) Breaking Brad. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously an allusion to Breaking Bad. Of course. Two men in black. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> All right. So we are two episodes into Loki. How are you feeling? Give me your instant reactions. 
feelings, whatever you want to share. So episode one, it finished the arc that was happening from the last season. This feels like something completely different. Mm. Like we've moved on. It like, do you know what I mean? It felt like definitely a departure from what last week was. It's like, okay, now we are solidly in season two and this is our storyline going forward. Mm. Like it was, a, it was a starting point and then. Yeah. So we're like officially in season two. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, obviously there's things that are bleeding from season one, right? But it is, it, this does feel like a departure in as far as what journey are our characters going to go on? Because now we're kind of getting really deep looks at our characters, specifically in this episode. And funny enough, from a new character is really putting those into perspective. It's interesting. You know, the first one was much more about like self-acceptance and discovery. This one definitely seems more like, what does that actually mean? Can you change? What is the process of that? And it also kind of felt like, if you could, would you? (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It it was like, if you could go back, if you could live a different life, would you do it? Right, right. Or if you're presented with all of these things of like, no, this is how your life turned out. Can you live up to the thing of what you're trying to do? You know, Loki in this season has a very interesting arc so far, right? It's him essentially becoming the protector of the multiverse, which is really interesting. And we see in this episode that he doesn't do things so much for like self-serving purposes like he usually does. I'm liking this deeper look into these characters Mm -hmm. specifically. Yeah, and I think another aspect of the kind of question of who are you or who can you be is also the question of can people change right in this very instance can trickster gods change i think so i think so too and i think he's showing that to us but he's being doubted along the way and i feel like that is part of loki's journey and saying you know so he sort of did the brad thing last season where he saw where his life was going on the sacred timeline so now it's his chance to change that. Mm. You know, whereas Brad is like, that's where my life is going on the sacred time. I want to go do that. Right. <laughs> yeah. So last episode, we saw uh, Judge Docs and uh, Hunter X5 go into time doors with a bunch of people. And we find out that not only did X5 go there, but he like went to a different place. He went to 1977. And there's a big action kind of set piece here. but I. I want to focus on it a little bit in the beginning because I feel like it's super interesting because, well, okay, let's, let's talk about what, you know, Mr. Brad Wolf is doing in his timeline. I didn't star Wars, new hope come out in 1977. I believe so. Interesting. Probably has nothing to do with anything, but I don't know why that popped in my head. I don't know. Well, what a fun <laughs> piece of trivia. Thank you for sharing. So we find out. So Loki and, you know, um, Mobius find him as a movie star and he's at a movie premiere, right? And it's Zaniac. And I just have to put this out there because it's comic book funness that is thrown in here. Zaniac is an actual villain from the comics. He's had, he's had like two different origins. One, he was a Thor villain, kind of misplaced, I feel like. But the Manhattan Project happened, radiation explosion, whatever. He became kind of like a, a Jekyll version of himself. A Zaniac. Of Zaniac. He was playing a serial killer. That was the movie. And that's oh. actually what his movie is based on, too. So he became that thing. 
blah, blah, blah. He can shoot like energy knives out of his hands. He has strength, everything. It's comics, right? So that was retcon later, and they've kind of focused him more to Doctor Strange. Mm. So Dormammu, his main villain, sent these like zaniac parasites or entities, demons from the dark dimension to possess people. And so throughout time, these things have created serial killers, essentially, like Jack the Ripper. Oh. And then it found the host in uh, Brad Wolf. And same thing, essentially. He's a movie star, blah, 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 kills people. He also calls, I think when he murders women, because that's the MO, he calls them uh, pretty pretties. Oh, that I don't like. It's gross. Yeah, it's really gross. Yeah. I kind of, I'm here for the laser knives out of the fingers. (laughs) I support that. Yeah, so when I, I remember seeing some like set photos when this was in development and this was I saw Zaniac and I was like, is he going to be the villain of season two? Jury is still out, but I kind of like this like subtle introduction of like a obscure character that this is probably the end of it, right? It's like we're they might not be the villain of this, but maybe they'll go on to be the villain. It kind of feels like uh, in She-Hulk when... They would, she would just have cases with random villains, right? And then that was the one time we'll probably see them and that'll be it. And that kind of what, that's what this feels like. So we might never see Zaniac, you know, the, the, the overarching, you know, storyline, but we got a little hint yeah, of Zaniac I, here. I wouldn't mind um, Marvel doing like some creepy horror thing with Zaniac. He's terrifying. He's like a green, like werewolf looking thing, like troll looking. I don't know. It's hard to describe. Just look him up. He's people, weird. Well, people were hyped for the movie premiere in 1977, <laughs> as was Brad Wolf. And the thing about, you know, X, X5, who is Brad Wolf, is that he was doing really well for himself. Like he this wasn't his first time at the rodeo. He knew what he was doing. He knew the reporters. And it feels like uh, X5 really has been living this life quite finely and well, happily. We don't know how long. And also, if he left the TVA when he did, and that was the first time he left. How long was he actually there for? Time does move differently. So an interesting thing to think about is how long was he actually Brad Wolf? Was he, was that his variant or did he become that or? Well, that's my question is, so if you are at the TVA and you go to the sacred timeline and go, because obviously you were a variant that was pruned, what happens to the main one of you? That is there living the correct timeline. That's a sacred timeline. Right. He, but right. he jumped into it. Right. So then I what, don't know. Right. That's what I'm saying. Right. He killed him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was part of the sacred timeline at one point, but he was plucked from it. But then he went to a different timeline. Who knows if he's actually from 1977. So he just kind of existed and made a life there. I don't know. Confusing. Yeah. <laughs> that's the thing with these variants, right? It's like, you don't really know unless you actually go to the timeline and see like the moment before you were taken or prior to the moment that you were taken. Like we saw Renslayer, which she actually did before. So, yeah. Mm. I'm just because it's not what they did. It, it is what they did before, but there's still the real version of them existing. Not unless they were taken from the timeline. This is so confusing. How? <laughs> I thought if you're a variant of something, you don't exist anymore. Because I thought that he went to the sacred timeline. Brad was living in the sacred timeline where they found him. Mm-hmm. So shouldn't, have been, shouldn't there have been a Brad in the sacred timeline that was living the correct path? At some point. 
We don't know if it was 1977, though. So that's what I'm saying. There can't be two Brads walking around. I mean, I guess there technically can be, but we don't know. Well, that's the question. Right. Marvel, answer it. (laughs) Hello. But I actually really like this scene. And we see a little bit of like old Loki come out a bit. So when they chase after Brad to question him to find out where Sylvie is and what's happening with everything, because Judge Talks went after Sylvie, the scene where he's chasing him. It seems like he's kind of getting a little pleasure out of it. Like he he's liking this like cat and mouse game, like especially when he was running after him. It was it was interesting to watch. We saw old magic Loki. He was really like flexing some magic muscles here. We'll figure he's been in the TVA for who knows how long and he hasn't been able to use his magic at all. (laughs) So now he's seeing like I'm using my magic for the greater good, (laughs) which is exciting for him because he gets to use his skills in order to save the sacred timeline or save Sylvia or whatever it is at this moment that they're trying to do. Yeah. Whatever he wants to do actually. Cause he, I mean, he's really powerful, right? He could have done some really harmful stuff, but instead he was like trying to be like, you know, give yourself over easy and I won't hurt you. he just used shadow magic, which was really cool. We haven't seen that done before. I was hoping that he was going to have horns when we saw him, but Mm. only the shadows had horns, which was still cool though. It was still very cool. He's like, I still like the horns, guys. They're always going to be around. That was an homage to, <laughs> to classic Loki. I like um, Raphael Cassell did a great job in this episode. And he plays kind of this like. He's like saying things that I think are important for these characters to hear or putting doubts in them or progressing their character development a little bit after they take him back to the TVA, the whole interrogation scenes, we get multiple interrogations with Loki Hunter uh, B 15 and Mobius, but man, that scene where he just like lays into Mobius and like really gets under his skin. Cause the whole time he's like, Mobius is like, Oh no, he's going to like make Loki like freak out. No, you should have been keeping your guard up, man. Yeah. I mean, he, it, it was funny, right? Because Mobius and Loki, are the ones that are supposed to be doing the interrogating, but it almost felt like he was the one in charge. You know mm. what I mean? Brad was the one in charge with that hair. How could he not be such <laughs> power in that quaff? But I do. I liked being able to, because now we're seeing another layer of Mobius, right? And Mobius in the last season was kind of like the, the smart, you know, cool, calm, collected, you know, let's do it team guy. Whereas in this, we're, we're kind of seeing you know, what is really lying underneath there? What does he really think about the revelation of him being a variant? You know, so X, X5 seems to really be, be working that. And, and he does. He gets to him. He gets to him so much they need to take a key lime pie break. Oh, my God. That it was actually really sweet. And this is this goes to the almost the point of this episode, right? Or maybe the theme of the season. And like Loki's comforting him. He like sympathizes with him like we knew he loved Mobius to an extent or at least had some kinship with him. And now we're saying like he's trying to like be like, oh, like, yeah, this the time that I try to use the Mind Stone on Tony Stark and it didn't work. I just like pushed him off the building (laughs) yeah, because I was upset, you know, and so he's like sympathizing with him. Right. Even though that's an extreme example and probably not the best one. I like that it's showing that, again, he's not doing anything for like self-serving purposes. He's connecting to this other being. Yeah, because like even if we try to think about it, what could Loki possibly be doing that is self-serving in this? Unless there is some other very secret unknown motive that will be 
you know, revealed at the end. But as of right now, it just seems like, come on, bestie, we need to go have some pie, decompress and talk about our feelings. He he brings up a good point. Then asks Mobius, like, have you ever thought about like who you were before this? Because I I believe uh, X5 had said something about like, yeah, okay, who are you here? But like, what did you do before? So like, what makes you think that you're you should have this authority, right? And it's like, well, I mean, he's been for eons, right? People can change careers. It's fine. But it was kind of sad when he was like, I can handle if it was bad. I don't know if I can handle if it was good. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just like thinking about like, okay, I'm fine. And I'm like on this path where I'm at now. But if I was to find out it was actually good, what am I supposed to do with that? Do I just go back or what do I do? Right. And I think the thing, because there is that, you know, Mobius, again, he feels like a moral compass. And so he knows that there's still that very human part of him that would say, well, if it is good, how could I want to come back to this? Mm, I wouldn't. Right. right, Exactly. So I thought that was a very interesting thing. And I think it, again, it's that whole thought of what it could have, should have, if I would have done this differently, my life would have been different. And I would have been happier. So what is it to live in where you are in the present moment or trying to relive the past? And I think this is going to be an interesting thing for the people at the TVA to come to terms with, right? Because, you know, Hunter B-15 is very much for like, we're not killing people. Every time we prune stuff, we're killing people because these people have lives and we're taking them out of existence. That's pruning the timeline. But like say everything goes fine right and they let it go wild or it becomes sustainable in some way are they just going to stay at the tva knowing that they had or life or have a life somewhere else and it's gonna be interesting to find out we do know i mean it's been all over right we we see a mobius or whatever his actual name is whenever he said that i was like oh my god yeah his name's probably not mobius why <laughs> i can't find out what his actual name is because it's probably going to be said something like ted miller owen wilson yeah <laughs> but we've seen stuff with him on a jet ski of some sort or working at a place that has a jet ski so we know that past lives do seep into their variant or tva lives i don't know if i'm ready for it. i want to see it because i'm curious but I don't know if I'm ready for it. Because what is a TVA life? You know, so you're, you're sitting at your desk, watching all these branch timelines, knowing that there are sort of infinite versions of you living an actual life. And your life, staring at a, you know, 1970s era screen. Yeah. Do they, go, do they have homes? Uh, you know. Do they go to sleep? We've only really seen one central part to the TVA, right? We've seen out of that window and it's sprawling. I hope they have homes. I would assume they go to them. A dormitory? I need this season to answer that actually now. Yeah. Because I'm curious. Or maybe they don't. Maybe they don't need sleep. It's for all time always. You work all time always. I feel like I need to. So we know that there's an automat with pies. Is there unlimited caffeine? I hope so. Oh, there is that thing in the closing credits where it's like TVA soup. And coffee. TVA coffee. Mm-hmm. All right. So there's unlimited, you know, <laughs> caffeine and hydration. Who and sources sustenance. this? 
<laughs> it's for all time always. You cannot question always. The you brought up the automat. I do want to bring up the scene of them going there mm. to the automat, right? There's continuously a, cu- a couple well, continuously. We have two episodes. Every time Mobius is going down that hallway, the one that's like to OB or looks like whatever, he, he's having memory slips. And I'm curious to know why that's happening. I don't think that they would point it out if it wasn't significant. And this is all prior to Judge Doc's ruining the rest of the timeline. So I'm curious if the more that the multiverse is allowed to just exist as it's supposed to, is it like going to affect people at the TVA? Mm. Is the TVA glitching in some way? Because that's a really, that was a really good catch, Noah, because it seems they go down that metal spiral staircase. They come like on that rounded hallway. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it goes to OB's department. It might just be like a long one and they all just look the same as they go into the hallway. Maybe, but that hallway looks so similar. And yeah. then this episode, I was like, oh, they're going to OB again. And it was, it was the automat. And I was like, whoa, that's kind of mm. weird. I mean, it's the TVA, so everything's sort of trippy there. And I feel like, you know, if you go down the wrong hallway, you might get lost. But again, this is the first time where we're seeing Mobius kind of faltering mm. a little bit or not having a full grasp on everything that's happening in the moment. Yeah, because you, you did bring up a good point. I feel like he is very much like the he was the constant in the first one. Mm. Right. And it's like if you have a question with the TVA or whatever, he's going to be always there. But. Cracks are obviously starting to happen. And is it because the timeline is going cuckoo crazy? I don't know. I don't know either. But I will say, I do want to talk a little bit about that interrogation machine. Oh, my. Well, okay. I am actually really upset that they didn't even say what it was called. I, I, I give I felt like I was watching a Dr. Seuss movie. I 100% thought that. And I'm. Why is it because it was that in like Cat in the Hat or Cat in the Hat with Mike Myers, which is is a Grinch just so Christmas also had something. I feel like the vacuums kind of look like it. It also reminded me a little bit of the everlasting gobstopper machine from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. You know, it goes like and like yeah. the fabric shoots up. It was giving me like full on kid fantasy mm. machine. And it's so funny because like the time twister it's like the size of a quarter. Right. It's like the baton is like this big. For some reason, scary electric shrinking box needs to be a giant like appliance appliance that yeah. needs to hook up to a dryer hose mm-hmm. in order to work. I don't know what most of those hoses and everything are for, but who knows? I thought that machine was terrifying. Once we like found out what it was actually for and what it could do, I was like, that is awful. How Wait, you guys use this to interrogate people like <laughs> they're going to crush you. They're going to make you this big. They're going <laughs> to smoosh all your bones. I, I do have to say drink your blood that I you know, they're going to just turn the dial and just. Well, I, Zaniac probably would do that. <laughs> He's a Zaniac. <laughs> I had to do it once. I know you had to do it once. I've been hearing it for a little bit. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I, had, I had to just do a little Zaniac dance. <laughs> He's a Zaniac. But I do like the um, Loki and Mobius's cooperation here. They're like, okay, we're going to like really fuck with them. You're going to act like your godlike self and your mischievous villain. And I'm going to pretend I can't come in from the outside of the cell. Yeah, Mobius, <laughs> Mobius could have. I think he could have sold it a little more. 
he was like, you know, like, knock, knock, Loki, don't. <laughs> hey, get out of get out of there, hey, you. As long as X5 brought it, that's fine. Well, I mean, he was getting smushed in a box. That's true. That was scary. Oh, but they got the information right. We know where Sylvia is. They tell where Sylvia is. We get to where Sylvia is. I'm loving that she, she kind of <laughs> loving it. <laughs> I love knowing that she has he who remains like master tem pad or something like that. Like yeah. the ultimate one that can do space time and everything else. His marble disc. I like that. I like that she still chose to be there. And Broxton in the 80s. Let me tell you something. Working at a McDonald's. Sylvie said, see my name tag here? <laughs> That's one, two, three, four, five golden stars, baby. Just like you should give us, because we're on a road to do. <laughs> Let us be Sylvie and get five golden stars. Can you help us get to that goal? But that's the thing. Sylvie said, this is what I want to do. I just want to be like regular yeah. for a little bit. I like want to buy it, but like, I don't know. Like a part of me is like, she has the, the world and time and space at her fingertips. It's almost like she could be Doctor Who if she wanted to. And it's like, you're. Doing the minimum wage grind, right? It's like, okay, I guess you want it that simple, you know? I, you know, I kind of dig it. I think it's showing us that Sylvie can be a little more down to earth than we think she can be, Mm. right? Because last season, she was just full force, 110% on her mission. She completed her mission and all she really wanted to do, her life was stolen from her. So this is what a life could be. I mean, because she has that disc, she can live this life for as long as she wants and then maybe go check out another one. That is true. She could probably just live a hundred t- lifetimes. She could be Carrie Bradshaw on Sex and the City. She can, she can drink Cosmopolitans and write. <laughs> she could do whatever she wants. She could, she could be Carrie Bradshaw if she wanted to. A, a new spinoff. <laughs> and just like that, the TVA. Sylvie. Still with the, the teal machete, though. Yes, yes. <laughs> but... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, she deserves it. And she's an interesting one, right? We haven't really seen any kids being pruned or like at the TVA. I mean, maybe some of them have been kids and they grew up, but she's the one that we knew for sure, right? She was taken from her timeline when she was a kid. So she has like nothing to fall back on Mm. because one, she's an adult now, so she can't reverse back into a kid, but she has like. I have no idea what my life would have been or could have been. And her timeline is probably gone. They took her from it and then pruned it. And then who knows? Mm. So she kind of has nothing to fall back on. And she's always grown up in apocalypses throughout space and time. So I guess like a quiet, simple life in Oklahoma is fine. (laughs) It looks like she's earned enough that she bought a sweet little truck too. Oh, that green, that green truck. She goes and has her breaks. I really wanted to know if she was drinking a shake and also what she got to eat for her break. Well, it wasn't like, a, oh, it could have been nuggets. I don't know what a nugget package looked like in 1980. I don't either. I was one. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember. How dare you not remember? I know, what a fool. For this moment. I know, well, I failed the podcast. <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. This is the end. So... <laughs> What do you, how do you feel about Sylvie being reluctant to help or go back to the TVA? Because we find out that they bring freaking X, or should I call him Brad? I don't know what to call him. X5 He Brad. would like to be called Brad. Okay. 
Brad Wolf. They bring <laughs> Brad Wolf because they give him the coordinates to where Sylvia is. They go there. He's acting real weird, real fishy. We find out that Judge Docs is almost doing what Sylvie did in the last season where she uses a bunch of like pruning grenades and also time doors. But what Judge Docs is doing is sending them throughout all the timelines and just pruning them. Right. right. Completely destroying the right. branches. And so smart. I think that's a really good move, but also terrible because yikes. Do you feel like is she really being reluctant because she doesn't want to go back or does she have like maybe ulterior motives? She has the master tempad or whatever. I'm very curious and like why she's so reluctant to help. I think that the TVA for her represents a prison. Mm. She hasn't had this Mobius bestie, you know, turnaround. This like 180 of life. Sylvie accomplished her mission and going back to the TVA, I think would feel like a step backward. I know but Loki is like help. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> we still have to question what is Loki and Sylvie's relationship mm. because Sylvie threw him through that time door to get rid of him. But he still came back. Of course. But she saw him as an impediment. Yeah. I did like how when they first got to McDonald's, he's like, I'll do the talking. He goes up to the counter and he's just like, uh hi doesn't talk because <laughs> i think that there's almost like a part of loki who's that's like well if i got really mad at someone for double crossing me I'd be quite the hypocrite right. wouldn't i so maybe i just let this one go right. he's like just sorry to bother it. you at work we talk by the way hi we found you yeah <laughs> <laughs> but i it was actually kind of sad to find out that like that timeline was going to be pruned. And it's also fucked up that Brad knew this the entire time. And we just find out about it when they brought him there. Maybe he wasn't expecting to be brought there. But like, he was acting real intimate with Judge Doc. So I'm very curious on what the fallout was between that. Yeah. That's why I'm thinking that time had passed in some sort of way. And maybe we'll see what happened. Or it's just going to be like, I found a life and I wanted to live it. So bye. Yeah, I, I think so. the time I think had to have passed because Loki got a new outfit. <laughs> OK, that gorgeous trench that fits him like a glove. <laughs> I think that some time had to have passed because it is interesting, right? Because he found Sylvie and then decided, you know what? I'm going to go live my life. Right. So that had to take some time. And he seemed solid enough in that life to be upset about it and as long as he was living in the sacred timeline it didn't matter that everything else was going to get blown up and pruned that is true he was safe yeah that's why he was there i really liked the um action sequence between all three of them oh it's it's just so nice to see sylvie and loki together fighting using their magic you know grabbing hands don't think too much into it of course, Loki's going to think too much into it. I love you. They use magic together. Oh, we're stronger <laughs> together. But so they, they took Judge Dox's loyalists and Judge Dox. So they have all that stuff. But the timelines have now been pruned down. Yikes. Mm-hmm. That like somber moment at the end with our TVA crew just like looking at the screen with it 
not with all the branches and pretty much all this like multiversal genocide that happened. And when Hunter B-15 was just like, those are all lives. We lost all those lives. It's also harsh because we really didn't get to live in this moment of branch, you know, happiness Mm. for not even a whole episode. And I don't even know how long it's going to last because Obi is like, well, I can't open the door, so I can't even fix the thing because it's all to Miss Minutes or He Who Remains, who is dead. It's their temporal aura. Uh, So I was thinking, though, right, because when we saw the trailer for season two of Loki, we do see them going back in time to find, you know, the start of He Who Remains. So now it seems like their mission is going to be finding him to bring him to the TVA to bring him to the OB room to fix. Well, I wonder if, yeah, I mean, we're going to get Victor timely. Miss minutes is obviously with Victor timely because we've seen that in the trailer, right? I'm wondering if it doesn't matter what variant of Kang it is, as long as it's Kang, like how does, how does temporal aura actually work? Is it doesn't matter. It's like always that person or doesn't matter what the variants it's going to be interesting to see if they're going to be able to get Victor Timely to the TVA or Miss Minutes, because Miss Minutes can override it. Or does a variant open it? Speaking of Miss Minutes, it's <laughs> also uncovered in this. So our good friend Casey comes along. Oh, my God. Right. And so my theory about Casey sort of came true where he's like, I know this book by heart. He's going to be, I think, working with Obi to figure things out. They have that like very cool. Well, not very cool, but like that juiced up temp pad that. <laughs> Brad had right. <laughs> Brad had, uh, and <laughs> uh, and so now they're going to be working together to do this. But we also figure out that Casey knows that Miss Minutes was helping Renslayer, right? And so they are somewhere in time, yeah, in cahoots. That's uh, a lot of like we. I don't want to. It's like we the. The threat of the fixture on the timeline seems to have been at bay right now, but Judge Dox isn't going to be able to just keep pruning timelines. So I'm I'm curious if it's just going to like go back up to threat level as far as the TVA is concerned. So it's like I feel like they did that in this episode to give us a breather to like go somewhere else and like further the story. I'm curious if it's going to go back to where it is. But then I guess what does that say about pruning timelines in general? It's like. It doesn't matter how many lives that you prune out of existence, they're just going to come back again. And I also wonder if Docs knows something that we don't. Oh, probably. Right. What is the true reason behind her wanting to do this? Is she afraid of them? Like, we still have that question of why at the past TVA was he who remains all the statues Mm. and on the murals? Why was it covered up? Does Docs know something that we don't? And there's a reason why they wanted to erase him. Yeah, I mean, I maybe judges get a little more insight than analysts and workers. They get to exist in that room. <laughs> but I'm curious if episode three, if we're going to get the Victor Timely stuff, because we only have, what, four more episodes? Yeah, so we're, um, we're getting down, yeah, down it, to the line. It's really... It's kind of the question of, okay, so these first two episodes seem to have ended something. 
but what has it opened and what are we going to be exploring for the rest of the season? Yeah, I'm curious if the the need to open up the temporal door to go out to whatever temporal whatever, if that's still necessary right now. I want to see what it looks like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Questions. More questions than answers here on season two of Loki. Yeah, I'm very excited. I'm really enjoying this season. I still think it's one of the MCU's best shows. It's just so well done. The music is so amazing. Every time. I mean, I just love that they keep using some of the themes from the first one, but changing how it sounds like they do like a jazzy bit of it in this one. Ah, It's just it's good. I'm excited for episode three. It's definitely enjoyable. I mean, I think in the past. There have been some Marvel shows where I watch it and it feels a little bit like a slog. This is the they're keeping the pace. Yeah. And I'm liking it. This one was a little slower than last week, but I think we needed it. We need to like set up some troubles or hurdles that these characters have to go through and um, question if Loki can actually be good or an antihero or whatever he wants to be. I believe in you, Loki. (laughs) I believe in you. Yeah. (laughs) It would be, I mean, that would be the ultimate. Ouch for us as viewers. He's Loki. We kind of love him. Yeah. What if he turns his back on us? I'm um, scared to see. I know Kevin Feige has said that one of the goals is to eventually reunite Thor and Loki. I don't exactly know how that's going to work or when that's going to work. We have a, like Avengers movies coming up where like timelines and everything are going to cross. So it's very possible. I just don't know how that's going to be. And it's. It's a scary thought. Hiddleston is going to be, well, Loki is going to find out that he's an uncle <laughs> and he's going to be real happy. Hopefully. Love. Probably. Uncle Loki. Love is going to give him a run for his money. Love. Love will keep us together. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. But it's Thor and Loki. Yeah. Oh, brothers. <laughs> All right. So next week we have episode three. Here we go. Then we'll be halfway through the season. Halfway through. That's crazy already. Episode four of these shows are usually big ones. So after that, possibly a big thing will happen. Is, it, uh, is there going to just be a Loki, Loki season three? What, is it just going to keep going? Yeah, I mean, probably. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> what answers are we going to get? And then is there going to be, I mean, because we're going to right where the whole thing is that it's leading to Avengers Kang Dynasty. Mm-hmm. So that's going to take care of that. So then who's Loki's new enemy going to be? Well, where is Loki going to be? Where is the Sylvie? TV? Yeah. Oh, I guess we'll see. Oh, my gosh. Okay, we got to wait. All right. Bye. Bye. <laughs>